The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. The Chiefs and the Bengals are having a little bit of an off-season rivalry going on between Travis Kelsey and Jamar Chase. We'll talk about that, as well as the NFL enforcing their gambling rules, and we'll talk about some of the things that they're going to do to try to do that. And Jordy Ball is spiking Nebraska softball season tickets just days after her showing up, and we have every reason to believe it's because of her. We'll talk about that uh, and and much more on that that topic, as well as the Persingis trade. He goes to the Celtics. We're going to have to talk about what all went down in that Celtics trade, uh, who won the trade, who lost the trade. And, of course, the PGA Tour is going on. We've got the Travelers Championship going on this weekend. A lot of fun stuff going on, a lot of excitement in the golf world because of that. And we're going to talk about that and much more today on Rising to the Occasion. and welcome back to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. It's a lot of fun to be able to be back with you guys, and we're very excited for everything that we are able to bring to you. Um, But before we get started today, uh, we want to bring up our favorites and give a shout-out to those over at Calder Lab. Uh, Calder Lab is backed by a clinical leading trial where 9 out of 10 men experience healthier and visibly improved skin. Calder Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. As you age, you might notice more fine lines and wrinkles and signs of aging, uh, things of that nature. And like I've mentioned before, even for us who have played sports and have had some sort of maybe uh, scars and stuff like that from sports, uh, we we start to kind of see some of those pop up. But Calder Lab is the perfect solution for that because you're able to go over to calderlab.com and check out the good, which is great for helping remove those those lines and things like that. And like I said, even for battle battle scars and stuff like that that I've noticed go away. Uh, and it's it's just an amazing product. So it's time to take control of your skin with Calder Lab. Today, we have an exclusive offer for our audience because you can try for yourself why so many men trust Calder Lab for their skincare needs. You can just use code RISING2, that's RISINGTO at calderlab.com for 20% off their best products. You can also go over to calderlab.com slash rising2 and see our favorite products. Uh, I've used the entire regimen bundle. Absolutely love it. I have been able to tell a huge difference in the way that my skin feels on my face by using that. Uh, They even have the body soap, which is an amazing product uh, and one that I'm going to have to try because I like to keep my face nice and smooth shaving and everything. They've got a new shaving cream that I'm going to have to try. So just saw that that went up there on the market uh, here recently. So we're going to have to go check that out and see how we like that product and i'm sure it's going to be amazing just as the rest of their products are again you can get 20 percent off that is a steal so if you're looking for men's skincare products you have got to choose the best product and that is calder lab you can get 20 percent off but just by using code rising to that's rising t-o-r-a-s uh, sorry r-i-s-i-n-g-t-o for 20 percent off it's an amazing deal guys uh and like i said men we have to take care of our our skin. Uh, it's it's very important. So again, that's 20% off at calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com and use code RISING2. Take your skincare to the next level with Calder Lab. Uh, they are an amazing sponsor, amazing product. We fully endorse them and everything that they put out. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able to, to 
kind of gain that relationship with them. Um, and somebody else who has used their products and also helping me co-host this evening, really the only one with me this evening, we got Britton. Britton, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, definitely loving my Calder Lab. Um, I'm using the moisturizer pretty frequently. Um, I'm out in the sun quite a bit and it definitely makes a difference for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing like you and I, our, our line of work you know, where we're outside all the time, uh, it's, it's really important to kind of keep your, your skin nice and moisturized and stuff like that. And theirs has done the best job. Uh, the good lasts so long. And I know uh, you use the, uh, what is the one, the base layer, right? For base your moisturizer. Layer. Yeah, I mean, that's it's an amazing product. Uh, you know, the base layer, I like to put that one on once once a day. Uh, the good is one that too, that like it, it really helps not, not only just kind of moisturizing, um, but it also helps, like I said, with some of those lines and stuff like that. It's amazing products. And it smells great too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that, that really got me. And that's something that I'm sure some people may think is weird uh, to, to bring up about it. But a lot of the reason why I don't like so many different skincare products is like the smell is just kind of off. They're uh, feminine. And yeah yeah sometimes it's definitely based towards men yeah like it's lavender smells really and smell. stuff and i just don't care for that sure yeah yeah absolutely and like i said I'm, I'm gonna have to try to try that shaving cream out and see how that works there you go yeah it's 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 an amazing product like i said we, we appreciate them over there go check them out calderlab.com and they are today's sponsor but let's get into some sports man uh it's been a while since you've been on the show you've just been busy with life and work and uh taking care of the kid and everything but uh, it's good to have you back on, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, always happy to talk sports with you. Um, yeah, life's been busy, man. I got a five-month-old now, and uh, do a lot of golfing on the weekends. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and, and and even though right now it's kind of that that dead period where you know we don't really have a whole lot of sports going on. We've got baseball, and that's pretty much it. Um, but we've got a lot of sports news going on, and one of them is just kind of the fun part about the off season and, and you see some of the drama going on in the off season and one of the big drama pieces that's been going on one of the big ones in the news right now is travis kelsey and jamar chase first we have jamar chase uh of course we all know he's being satirical when he says uh you know pat mahomes who uh and you know and he, he's kind of joking about that but travis kelsey didn't like that uh travis kelsey him and pat mahomes very close to each other he spoke up on his podcast i believe it's called new heights uh, with his brother Jason, uh, and and he told him, you know, you better you better back it up if you want to talk that smack. You better back it up, uh, and uh, he didn't really appreciate it and just kind of kind of calling him out for it. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. This this all kind of stemmed from the fact that everybody wants to start comparing uh, Joe Burrow and and Patrick Mahomes, and you know, hey, they're both good quarterbacks, and Jamar Chase is going to stand up for his guy, and Kelsey's going to stand up for his guy too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and. There, there, there's so much in today's society too, where I feel like we want to compare one quarterback to another. You know, we want to compare, like, uh, for example, a lot of a lot of comparisons for uh, for Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady, just because Tom Brady, uh, you know, he is the goat and he's the guy that has the the big. Uh, you know, like the, the big uh, target on his back for, for guys who want to be like him, you know, and so like we try to make those comparisons or I've seen other comparisons too. I've seen uh, the comparison of, of Caleb Williams to Pat Mahomes and it's just, I, I don't understand why we have to make the comparisons of one to another rather than just, you know, talk about what's good about each and every one of them. They've got their own specialty. Sure. With that being said, uh, who, who do you like more, Burrow or or Mahomes? You got to pick and one. That's, that's tough because 
if I if I got to take the quarterback that I like his personality, I like his swag, I like his his leadership, I'm taking Joe Burrow. But if I've got to go just on base based on freak athleticism and freak uh, ability to just make something out of nothing, I got to go with Pat Pat Mahomes. So I mean, if I'm trying to win games, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, and I I feel like it's kind of undeniable. He's he's got two rings now. Yeah, uh, Joe Burrow's got a ring, doesn't he? Uh, he does Natty ring. So oh, I mean, I mean and you got to think Mahomes has been in the league a little longer than Burrow. Yeah, and and he's got his NFC Championship ring, so uh, or I guess AFC Championship ring. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, he he does have some rings, I guess, but just not uh, not that that Pat Mahomes level. I don't know. It's it's really tough because I think I think Pat Mahomes his IQ is above the game and in, in a different level. Um, but I think Joe Burrow has a higher football IQ, if that makes sense. Because I think Joe Burrow makes the right move and makes the right decision, where Pat Mahomes is just so athletic and his brain works a different way, where he's able to, to be laying you know, laying on nothing in the midair and throw it sidearm to, to throw it or chuck it behind his head or you know whatever, these freak, freak things, throwing it with his left hand. He's able to make those freak accident plays where Joe Burrow just has the higher IQ when it comes to football and making the right play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'd agree with that 100%. I like Joe Burrow much better. Patrick Mahomes just annoys me. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't like his personality. You know, I'm sure his brother probably looked up to him quite a bit, and that's why his brother turned out the way he did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, what do we make about this rivalry? I mean, is do you do you see this rivalry and think that they're being immature by kind of having this banter back and forth, no. uh, or or is it something that you enjoy? Uh, it's something I enjoy. I think yeah. it's something a lot of people enjoy. And I, I don't think either one of them are actually like, you know, going at each other. I think they're just, it's just a little fun. It's a little, yeah. you know, these are athletes. These are dudes that are, that are used to competition and love and thrive on competition. So this is the off season. They don't have that right now. They're hitting the same guys every day in practice. And they're, you know, they're chomping at the bit to, you know, throw a little bit of competition, a little bit of, you know, crap talking or whatever you know at, at each other it's it's all fun and games and i enjoy it i don't think there's anything malicious by any means behind no. this i think it's just two guys that have heard the comments about you know patrick mahomes is better or or uh you know or worse than joe burrow and each guy's like no this is my this is my dude you know it's my guy so um you know and, and jamar chase and travis kelsey are are all all obviously two of the best at their position as well so it's a little bit of fun yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's just kind of adding a little bit of uh, you know not n- not unnecessary drama. I think this is kind of like some of that. I don't know if I call it necessary drama, but I, you know I, I, would, I would call some of that drama that they adds to the fun. And I think they're I, like you said, I think they're having fun with it, you know. And I I think just because of that rivalry that's between these two teams, these are the top two teams in the AFC right now, uh, and they have been for the last three or four years. Uh, you know, when, when you compare both of them together. Uh, so, I mean, ever since Joe Burrow came on the scene, it seemed like the Bengals have really been shining. And since Jamar Chase has been there, they've been phenomenal. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Pat Mahomes, well, what has he been to five straight or something like that AFC championship games? So, I mean, yeah. just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, so these are these are definitely the top two teams. And so that creates a rivalry there. And so why not drag that off into the offseason? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's all just funny games. And again, two guys that are, you haven't haven't been able to you know talk some shit to each other for a while and haven't had that opportunity you know with the games and so a little off season fun. 
Yeah, yeah, just kind of having that little bit of banter. And uh, that's not the only kind of NFL-related news, though. We also have the NFL enforcing their gambling policies. Uh, and so kind of going through and kind of trying to buckle up things because, you know, we had, we have, we've had some some issues in sports in general with gambling uh, in sports. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of get your, your, your ideas on some of their gambling policies. I guess before we get into what, what they're doing to try to enforce these, these policies, I don't know if you got to look into the policies that they're trying to set in place or anything, but uh, do you think NFL players should be allowed to gamble? Uh, I guess gamble on sports is what I should say. No. So no uh, on, on, on any on, sports? On sports, I'd have to really think about that one, to be honest with you. Um, on football, no. I don't think they should be able to, to, to gamble on the NFL if you're in the NFL. Um, I say that because I think it takes some of the integrity away from the game. Yeah. Um, but as far as to say, you know, hey, that now that you're playing in the NFL, you can't bet on NBA games. And I mean, it's fun to do. We, we both do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think it's fair to say that because you're an NFL athlete, you can't gamble on, you know, the NHL playoffs or, you know, I don't really agree with that at all, but I think I would be more on the side to say they they shouldn't be able to gamble, you know, in the league that they're in. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I think they should be allowed to, as long as they're being responsible with it, you know. And I, I'd I'd say that for everyone. I think there should be some sort of. Uh, I don't really know if you you go so far as putting any kind of laws in place for this because I feel like the government should just kind of stay out of that stuff. I'm I think you and I are pretty uh, pretty. Uh, you know, equal-minded in that. That the, the, the more that the government gets involved with, it just seems like uh, it gets messier. Um, the more but, the government gets involved with anything, it gets messier. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it. it I, I there. I think there should be some sort of regulation to make sure that people are being responsible with it, so that they can get help when they need to. Uh, ultimately, I think it's just your own self-control. You need to be able to to have that self-control to be smart when you're gambling. You know, and like you know, like you and I will will put five bucks on on a game or something like that here and there, and you know, maybe maybe put a bigger bigger amount if we won something big and put that those winnings back into it and stuff like that. Like you and I have both talked about that before um but to go out and just be spending your life savings that's when you definitely need help uh and and some of the nfl guys you know they've got a lot of money to be to be blowing um but the nfl they kind of released this this uh you know i guess list of things that they can do to try to uh kind of put boundaries on on gambling in the nfl so they're they're not completely uh taking away their 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 right to be able to gamble but they're putting some of these gambling policies uh and i'll kind of go through the list first is don't bet on the nfl which i think we can all agree on that's absolutely stupid for you to bet on the nfl even if it's on your own team i mean ideally yes you should be able to bet on yourself um because why not you know like you're 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 constantly betting on yourself to push yourself but when it comes to this don't don't bet on the NFL at all. You know, don't bet on the NFL. So that's one of the rules. Totally agree with it, right? Yeah, I'm completely on board. Yeah. So I mean, the other one was don't gamble at team facilities while traveling for a road game or staying at team hotels. So anytime you're in the facilities or in the vicinity of the team, uh, in these team-led activities, you know, such as traveling or at the hotels, there's no gambling there too. No issues. I have no issues, and I, and I have no issues because it's it's their job. Yeah. Um, if I am at work and I'm, you know, gambling while I'm at work, that's not what I'm there to do. So I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. You're you're at your job. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that explanation too. You know, you you, you focus on focus on work whenever you're at work, uh, and then also it says don't have others bet for you, which should be really a, 
a rule for everyone. You're not, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to have somebody else put a bet in for you. Uh, that's, I think that's kind of an irresponsible way to bet as well. Um, you know, you should be in charge of, of your own bets and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that's just, you know, they're, they're only saying that because they know how men think yeah. we're always looking for the loophole. So I'm like, Hey, I'm in the NFL now. I'm going to get hold of my brother yeah. and say, Hey, bet on me tonight. I'll, I'll fork you the money. You know, and it's, they're still betting. So, you know, they they just know that somebody's out there looking for that loot loophole. So I'm, I'm cool with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the next one was don't share team inside information. Another kind of obvious one that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be sharing information. We heard about that from, I believe that was the, the scandal that went on with the Alabama head coach, if I remember right, uh, you know, with kind of throwing a, throwing a game. Uh, and, and it seemed, I think that was the case. Uh, if, I, if I'm remember, remember, remembering the correct scenario, but it's, it's pretty obvious. Don't, don't be sharing inside information. Uh, and then also don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. And I think this one more or less just kind of breaks it down as, Hey, if your name pops up in a sports book as a new registered, uh, you know, a sports book uh, user, it's going to, it's going to register your name and therefore it's going to be sent to us. And we're going to have this notification that you're on a sports book now, right in the middle of the season, it's just to kind of keep you away from that stuff. So I mean, I think that kind of makes sense too. Sure. Again, when you're at work, you're at work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the last one being don't play daily fantasy football, which again is basically just another form of betting on the game uh, that you're playing. So really, I think these rules, I think it's it's good that they're putting them in, putting them in place. Because uh, like like you said, I think I agree with you too, and that I, I don't I don't really agree with taking their right to gamble. Uh, you know, gamble on sports completely away because there's there's just a fun aspect of that. It makes you feel that as if you're a part of the game. So I think taking that away from them, I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, I get it if you do, um, but I think that the, the rules that they're setting in place right here, I think that that does pretty well. And they've got some sort of agreement with the sports books that when an NFL player is placing a bet on themselves, that the NFL somehow has access. Uh, to to when they're they're placing bets on what they're playing placing bets on to try to monitor this uh which was kind of my big question like how do you stop somebody from gambling uh you know it's something that's private so there's there's some sort of agreement with the nfl to be able to see when they're they're betting under their name uh so you know that's it's it's all kind of good measures i think to kind of keep some of this colluding out of the game sure yeah and i think again there's loopholes with everything so uh, the guys that are not going to obey these rules are going to find ways to still continue to gamble. Um, but the NFL is just trying to crack down and say, hey, um, during the season when you're working, you need to be focused on working. Uh, you're making plenty of money right now. Um, so just focus on work. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with the rules that they uh, have implemented, and uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and I think this takes away a lot too, you know, with, with- – you know, we, we've we've heard of scandals and we've heard of like, I, I guess, rumorous scandals, um, you know, scandals that aren't true, but they're kind of rumors that they're going on, that maybe there's betting going on, that, you know, the NFL's rigged because of this or that. And in some scenarios, it does feel like it's rigged maybe on another end. And sometimes it feels like, man, this because uh, because another another part of this, I feel like referees should also you know if you're if you're a referee we've we've talked about this in the past i think the referees should have to be held to some sort of standard uh and i think this gambling policy i think that should go in place for them as well oh absolutely i would agree with that 100 percent. yeah i think they're it's no different they're that's their job as well so um during the season i don't think they should be able to gamble on football at all either 
Yeah, and while we're on the top of topic of gambling too, I was hoping we could have everybody on so I could I, I could talk to Blake and Jeremy and see their their viewpoint on this too. But uh, there's another form of gambling, another sport of uh, of the gambling world that's been going on. I don't know if you've heard of this, but I guess there's a sports book out there, and I can't remember which one. I should have should have written it down, but I really wasn't planning on talking about this tonight. But it, it pops up in my head, uh, and this sports book is is allowing gambling uh, and and putting on wagers for the Special Olympics. Uh, you know, do you do you think that people should be allowed to bet on the Special Olympics? We're not talking like the Paralympics or anything like that. We're talking the, the kids with you know guys or you know, I guess people with special needs uh, and putting a putting a wager on those games. As messed up as it sounds, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, it kind of sounds messed up, but why? Why is it messed up? Yeah, they're out there competing. You know, these are these are people that are competing at something too. I mean, if you want to go throw money at it, by all means, I don't, well, I don't and, suppose I have a problem. And I even looked into like how you gamble. It's it's not like you're putting it on a specific person, uh, too. So I mean, I, I don't even that I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with. But I I, I kind of see the dilemma that people are in when when talking about this. But I've heard a lot of backlash towards this. Uh, Crane and Company. I mean, it's, 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 it does. It does, and and I get it. Reason why. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, but but ultimately, yeah, ultimately though, whenever I think about it, I, I'm just thinking, why do I gamble on an NFL game? Because there's two teams going at it, and I, you know, I'm putting a wager on who I think the winner would be. I don't understand what the disconnect is, just because they're, you know, this is two teams of special needs. Because you're betting on on like USA to win against Canada or something like that, uh, and so like I think a part, you know, like a big part of it. I don't think it's necessary to add this, but if people wanted to put wagers on it, I don't. I don't personally see what the actual, uh, you know, what the actual issue is. And I wish somebody would would explain to me why they see such an issue with it, because I think just because we think that they they have special needs, that 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 then kind of takes away from it. And I, I think, I mean, honestly, I've I've watched some of these, uh, you know, Special Olympics, and it's really impressive, you know, with with just understanding that they these are brains that aren't fully developed you know or, or developed differently than ours and they're still performing at a really good level uh you know and it's really cool to see that so i mean i i guess i'm just curious as to why uh somebody would have such a moral dilemma over over betting on the special olympics but i, I agree with you i, I was i, I was kind of hoping you disagree yeah so i can tell you why it is it's a society we live in where we want to find something wrong with everything. And that leaks over into this. I mean, because like I said, if I if I just say the phrase, I'm gonna bet on the Special Olympics this year, I kind of sound like a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's just, it's no different, but it sounds bad. Yeah. So that, you know, that's what we're gonna do is automatically just say, oh, it's horrible, why would you, these are special needs people. Okay, well, they're out there competing. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're competing for this, they're competing. Who cares if they're special? You know, who cares? I mean, they're out there competing and they've worked hard for this. You know, it's no different to me really than any other sport, special yeah. Olympics or not. Yeah, you know, I mean, I bet on the, on the Olympics. So, yeah, I mean, I look at it and I'm just thinking if I'm putting a wager on the U.S. Special Olympic team to beat Germany, whoever they're going against, 
I'm supporting them. I'm cheering for them. I don't, I, I guess that's where I, I'm, I'm finding the, the hard time understanding it. Um, because like the, the, ma- the main reason why I bring this up is because I was listening to Crane and Company uh, kind of debate about this. And, uh, you know, David and Jake, they, they both had, they were very strongly against it. And, and like I said, I, I kind of understand. It just feels wrong. And I get that. But whenever Did I break say- it down, what's that? Did they say why they're against it? Uh, mainly just because you're you're betting on special needs. He, he even said, you know, like, uh, you know, David said, you know, if, if my, my little son went out there for his little league team, should you be able to, to, to bet on that? And I mean, no, but I, mean, I don't see what would be wrong with it. You know, if, if it was the parents betting with each other or something personally. I mean, again, it just it sounds bad. Yeah. But, but give me a reason. So for for anything that you disagree with me on, I'm fine with that. You're allowed to disagree, but I want a reason. And I, I've yet to hear a reason why, you know, that's wrong. And, yeah. and maybe somebody can hop on our, our chat here and tell me how wrong I am. And then I'm a douchebag for, for being supportive of it. You know, I'm cool with that, but I need a reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I just, I need a real reason why it feels wrong because like I, like I said, I, and I'm, I, I know I keep on saying this over and over again, but I kind of understand why people are hesitant towards it, but I just haven't heard a good explanation as to why it's so wrong but yeah like you said uh drop drop it down on the comments uh if you're watching this after we're live drop it down on the comments anyways we want to hear from you guys uh and of course while you're at it too go ahead and hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell so you will know when we're live and you can also share it on social media you can follow us on social media uh we're on twitter instagram facebook uh, and even a tiktok page too uh, which uh, our intern uh, Jackson takes care of too. So huge thanks to him and shout out to him. But uh, Britton, let's get on to your team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Some big news popped out just you know maybe a week after Oklahoma won the national championship. Uh, you know with the the best record in, in women's uh, softball uh, ever, uh, and probably I mean. Uh, I don't even think it's it's an arguable de- debate. This was the greatest softball team ever to have stepped on a, on a field for a full season. Uh, the way that the way that they played, absolutely dom- dominant, and they played a very tough schedule all the way through. Uh, and even the bracket that they were put into, I felt like they had one of the toughest lineups. You know, with Stanford, I think Stanford was incredibly strong, uh, and then closing it out against Florida State. Uh, they, they did not have an easy task. I think Tennessee was another team, too, that they had to go against that was not an easy team to beat. So I think that you you look at their the entirety of their season. They, they faced UCLA early in the season. Uh, and, you know, really the, the whole Big 12 was tough. I feel like they had to go against Texas and Oklahoma. So there's some tough games there. Or, uh, sorry, Oklahoma State. But, I mean, there was it was a very tough team. And a big part of why they were so dominant was the defense. And of course, we can talk about Grace Lyons and all that she was able to do and Jada Coleman uh, on the outfield, but it ultimately always comes down to your pitchers. Are your pitchers going to be throwing pitches that even if it does connect, uh, that it's going to be hit into the outfield and, and, and across the wall, over the wall, or are they going to be throwing pitches that uh, are going to help the defense out? Are they going to th- be throwing the pitches the way that they need to? And a big part of that pitching the entire season long was Jordy Ball. She was on fire. Uh, and we talked about uh, a little bit, I think, uh, on the show, how she is has now announced her transfer, her her uh, uh, decision to transfer. She went to the, the transfer portal and immediately chose Nebraska. She wanted to go back home. And it's one of those things where I, I hate it, and, and I hate that she's leaving, but it's not like she's leaving 
um, because she's not getting playing time or anything like that. She's leaving because she just she's just homesick. Uh, and I think all of us can kind of empathize with that a little bit and uh, kind of see where she's coming from. Uh, and, and I totally get it. So she's coming back home. She's going to Nebraska. Uh, and just shortly after, Nebraska's athletic department took 2,124 requests for softball season tickets in the days following Ball's announcement. Uh, and to put this into perspective, the program had 365 season ticket holders for the 2023 uh, softball season. Uh, and just 20, 26 requests for 2024 prior to Jordy Ball's announcement. So, I mean, is it because of Jordy Ball that all of these these uh, requests start going in? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, um, I'm obviously a big Nebraska fan. Uh, as soon as she went in the portal, there was speculation right away, right off the bat, oh, she's going to Nebraska. Yeah. And I was kind of like, you know what? That actually really makes sense. But let's hold your your roles a little bit here. Hold your horses just a little bit. And like you said, shortly after she she wasn't really she didn't go in the transfer portal. She just transferred. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, pretty much. So she uh she did, and the Nebraska fans absolutely went crazy because Nebraska fans are pretty loyal to all of their teams. Now, three hundred sixty five season ticket holders for a softball team is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless unless you're a top tier team like Oklahoma or even. Uh, Florida State or you know maybe one of these SEC teams like in Alabama that's that's pretty unheard of in the softball world and it's it's a growing sport but I mean yeah three 360 what was it 365 uh, yeah. so I mean yeah that, that's that's a lot you're right yes. so when you're talking about you know a, a girl like Jordy Ball coming over and all the Nebraska fans I'll tell you right right now they watched Oklahoma all year and they talked about Jordy Ball all year because she's from Nebraska, they cheered for Oklahoma all year. And you know what? Nebraska fans and Oklahoma fans during football have a little bit of rivalry from the past. But I'll tell you right now, Nebraska fans still cheer for Oklahoma. And I know that Oklahoma fans still cheer for Nebraska as long as we're not playing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, to see, um, I mean, the season ticket hold, holder you know, or request has just skyrocketed. Um, people have some hope now because – not only is Jordy Ball coming, since Jordy Ball is committed, we've had some other pretty pretty top, you know, highly top uh, numbered commits starting starting to, to pile up for Nebraska. And I think you might continue to see that. Um, or, you know, I, I could even see in the transfer portal, you know, getting a few more people that want to come play with Jordy Ball yeah. um, and, and see what kind of success Nebraska can have next year. And Nebraska had a decent team this year. It's not like Nebraska was bottom feeder, and just a horrible team. They weren't great by any means, but they they showed some signs. And by adding a piece like Jordy Ball, that's absolutely huge um, for the upside of the, of the potential of next year. And she's got two two more years, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, she's got two more years there in Nebraska. Uh, I mean, like I said, too, a big part of why Oklahoma was so dominant was because yeah. of her pitching. I mean, it's, it's going to hurt Oklahoma to not have her at the mound. Um, but you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to see her go back home. Uh, you know, you and I we're, we'll have to go and watch a few games next season. Cause honestly, I mean, I, I love every single one of the girls on the Oklahoma softball team. Um, I'm a huge J- Jada Coleman, Coleman fan. I'm a huge, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jocelyn Allo from last season. I'm a huge fan of hers, uh, and Grace Lyons. I mean, there's, there's all these girls. I, I absolutely love them all, but Jordy Ball, Man, she she sticks out when she's on the field. She the way that she she prowls at the mound uh, and just stares 
I mean, it, it, her pitching is so unique too because not only does she kind of have this swagger to her walk, and she kind of prowls around it like a. They kind of compare her to a tiger in a cage as she's walking back and forth on the mound, and she steps up to the to to you know to the stripe to pitch, and she looks down the entire time at the dirt until that pitch is just now coming around her shoulder. And then she looks up and throws. I mean, and she's just unstoppable. Uh, so, I mean, she's an absolutely uh, incredible player. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. Like you said, too, uh, I started seeing a little bit on the recruiting trail for Nebraska for softball. And they're starting to get some 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 kind of bigger bigger names, you know, for, for stars that are coming out of high school. Uh, and so it's it, it definitely is going to start to move that, that trend for, hey, we've got an amazing pitcher that wants to come to the state of Nebraska. Let's do it. And and honestly, throughout the state of Nebraska, you have quite a few good players within the state that you could recruit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I mean, the swag that she plays with is so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because she's she's got the fine line between like a ton of swag, but not being cocky. Yeah. And it's the she she really does. She has the perfect, you know, she's right on the line there. And she's so much fun to watch. And obviously I've watched, you know, a decent amount of Oklahoma this year and towards the end in the, in the tournament. Um, and she's a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm very excited to have her and the entire state of Nebraska is very, very happy to have her. Yeah. I mean, th- this could be huge for the program as a whole too, because with her spiking these sales, uh, you know, if you look at what Oklahoma's stadium, uh, what their upgrades are going through, uh, and then even look at Oklahoma City where the softball tournament is held and see how many upgrades have gone into that stadium. Uh, you know, I think they've added another entire tier on top of it. They've got seats in the outfield now and how much the sport is growing. And a big part of that is because of, of how much more revenue is going into it. Now you take Nebraska and what's happening here in Nebraska going from 365 up to 21 uh, in 2100 uh, season ticket holders, you're going to get a lot more revenue coming in the door for your softball team, which is going to be able to give more money to that department uh, and, and really help help grow their their program as a whole, which helps Nebraska a lot, but it helps the sport out a lot. And I think that's something really exciting to see. I think this past season, we just saw the first uh, women's softball team uh, softball game uh, on the MLB network. Uh, you know, and that's that's huge for the for the sport. So, I mean, it's, it's really exciting for these girls that work so hard and don't get enough respect for how difficult their sport is. Yeah, and I, I got to give it to Jordy Ball because I think she's making a really good move here. A, she's close to her family. Yeah, I know there were some people that kind of gave her a little bit of backlash for leaving Oklahoma, but you know what? It's very understandable why. She's also going to be in a really, really good place in Nebraska because since Trev Alberts has come, you've seen the additions that they're doing the football field. I mean, huge additions. Um, all of Nebraska right now, financially, they're – they're in a really good financial position. And when you talk about her, you know, coming and all of a sudden the ticket season tickets spike, there's a lot more money. And a guy like Trev Alberts sees that. A guy like Trev Alberts is going to say, oh, our fans are, are going to start getting behind our softball. You know, look at what Trev Alberts did with the volleyball. Over 90,000 tickets sold to a volleyball game that's going to be held outside in Memorial Stadium. And what's going to happen is I guarantee it. There is a record for the for the biggest attendance in women's sporting history, and Nebraska is about to beat that. And Nebraska is actually in the process right now. They they're moving the stage back in a different spot so they can open up more tickets, and they will sell those tickets. Those tickets will be sold, and Nebraska this year will have the biggest um, event for any women's sport ever. That's huge, 
And a guy like Trev Alberts, you know, I, I commend him for doing so and for planning all of this. I know he had a lot of help, but I mean, that's huge. And, you know, Nebraska's obviously got one of the greatest volleyball teams ever for a long time. We've always had a really good volleyball team and our state gets behind that. But to see something like this, um, and, and I think something like this will leak over into softball, you know, when Trev Alberts sees that our fans are starting to get behind it because of Jordy Ball. So Jordy yeah. Ball has done a lot for Nebraska already, and she has not played a game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 incredible, uh, and, and you know that's the thing too. With majority of Oklahoma fans, uh, I, we all kind of we all get it. it. It hurts to see her leave. Uh, it really sucks because, like I said, I think she was a detrimental part to the outstanding season that went on down in Oklahoma. Um, but we're we're all excited for her, uh, and, and there's there's a kind of a, a a saying. I'm not really sure when it started, but. Uh, you know they they all you know they all kind of chant over to her to ball out you know and it's uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun we're all excited for her and excited for Nebraska to to pick up such an amazing talent um, but we're gonna we're gonna jump on to the NBA talk about some some trades going on uh, we're really going to talk about the Porzingis trade and everything that went on behind that but before we do we got to bring up another sponsor of ours another sponsor that we all enjoy very much on the show and that is Built Bar Built Bar is an amazing product I, I still have some some bars here the last time that they sent us a, a package uh, this one's the double chocolate uh, so uh, this this was actually most one, one of the most recent boxes I got but double chocolate uh, one of my favorites I think. I'm trying to think. There was one that I really liked too, but I can't remember uh, what what one it was. It was one of the fruity ones. But they've got just an endless an endless array of of different flavors. They're constantly coming out with new flavors. Constantly uh, getting emails about all the new flavors that they've got. Uh, and so you know they're they're they've got so many. Uh, so whatever whatever flavor uh, kind of it, it seems to be your favorite, just try it out. Uh, and like I've mentioned plenty of times in the past, yes, this is a protein bar, but it's also something that's just healthier for you than candy bars. So if you're wanting to maybe lose a little bit of weight and kind of get yourself kicked off the candy bars, Built Bar is an amazing way to do it. I got myself pretty much off sweets completely because of Built Bar. I, th- I think that's a huge part of why I was able to give up so much sweets because, you know, I would still have a little bit of a sweet tooth and craving some sweets here and there, but instead I would just go to Built Bar and, and uh, you know, it's it's an amazing product. It tastes really good. It doesn't have that great gritty uh, texture that a lot of protein bars have, but it's still packed full of protein. Uh, so it's an amazing product. Absolutely love them. You can go check them out at built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com and use code rising2. That's the same code that we try to use for most of our sponsors. R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O for 10% off. Uh, it's an amazing product. You can get uh, all kinds of different stuff from them too. They've got uh, the bars like what the one I just now showed you, uh, and then they've also got some smaller little bite-sized bars. They've got, uh, you know, if you don't know what flavor you really want, they've got uh, variety packs that you can buy multiple flavors, uh, and they'll send you whatever you know, whatever flavors you want. Uh, you know, they've got they've got tons of them. So go check them out, built.com. And again, you can use code Rising Two for ten percent off. An amazing sponsor, an amazing product over at Built Bar. But, uh, man, let's get over to the Perzingis trade. Uh, before this story came up, did you even realize that Kristaps Perzingis was still in the league? Not really. Because he hasn't <laughs> really made a lot of impact, to be honest. No, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of impact. It seems like ever since he left the Knicks, he went over to Dallas for a while, and then I just didn't really hear about him. You know, he had some injuries. Um, but, I mean, I, I, w- I was kind of shocked when I saw this trade going on, thinking like, man, yeah, I guess I forgot about Perzingis. I forgot that he's in the league. Yeah, I mean he's he's still only twenty seven years old. Yeah, I mean he's, he's still a young guy. Um, but yeah, I mean I was I was definitely 
like, oh, yeah, Porzingis hit. I, I forgot about him, you know, because he really did. He, he kind of came on the scene and was pretty good and kind of just fizzled out, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure exactly what to blame it on. I know partially because of the, the injuries and stuff that he went through, but uh, he, he is an amazing player. I mean, I, I, he's got a lot of potential. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen what he can do, and he they called him the unicorn for a reason. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's amazing to, to, to see that kind of talent and then just realize how quickly it can just drop off. And, uh, you know, guys like, like us who don't don't pay a lot of attention to the NBA, but we still pay attention to the NBA. And uh, and somehow he falls off my radar completely. Um, but for he's the Przingis trade, polarizing. what was that? He's definitely not, too, not super polarizing. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. Um, but... You know, <laughs> I, I got your I got your joke there. Um, it's an inside joke, I guess. But uh, the, the Celtics they are tr- they were trying to acquire the Wizards or uh, acquire uh, Porzingis from the Wizards. Uh, and you know, originally, whenever I first start started to see this kind of come about, uh, I was kind of looking at, at what the Wizards did. Of course, the them trading uh, Beal out to get uh, you know to try to get some uh, you know something out of CP three. Uh, and we talked about that that situation last last episode. You know where what could happen with CP3, uh, and I, I I was thinking that maybe the Wizards were on the right path. Uh, that that maybe if they started kind of making some of these moves, that hey maybe they're maybe they're really trying to rebuild the right way uh, and clean house and start from scratch. But then whenever I see what they're getting out of Porzingis. It doesn't really seem that way. It seems like maybe they're making a mistake to me. Uh, I'll, I'll hear your your thoughts on this, but the Celtics get Perzingis, uh, 2023 first-round pick, and a 2024 first-round pick, where the Wizards only get Tyus Jones, a guard, uh, Danilo uh, Gallinari, uh, he's a forward, and then uh, Mike Mascala, a center, and then a 2023 20, second round pick. Uh, and then somehow in the mix of all of this, Marcus Smart goes to the Grizzlies. So just a lot of movement there. But I feel, to me, I feel like the Celtics really won on this. Because not only do they get Kristaps Porzingis, which could be uh, a, a big part, you know, adding him. If we think of maybe Al Horford kind of being the big guy uh, over there for the Celtics this past year. And he really wasn't able to do a whole lot. Maybe Persingas can kind of step in as that Al, Al Horford uh, role, but being able to do a little more since he's still young. Um, do, do you feel like the Wizards are, are making the right moves, getting these guys over and and giving up some of the picks uh, and, and also giving up a young guy in Chris Stapps, Persingas? I don't really know. I think, honestly, the uh, the thing that I, I really take away from this a lot more is Mike uh, Mascala. Yeah. I know, I know that's one, probably one of the things that most people hear in the straight. They're like, oh, yeah, Mike Pascal, cool, whatever. He's really good off the bench. Like, yeah. you need that in the NBA. And this is what I've said for a long time is, like, there's so much talk about all the trades that happen and these guys are that go out and start start the game. But if you have a deep bench, you can make it a lot further when it comes, you know, playoff time. A good bench is, is key. And Mike Pascal is an excellent – excellent player off the bench um i watched him in oklahoma city come off the bench and absolutely drop dimes from the three-point line um he's a he's a stud um i've watched him you know since his time at oklahoma city and he's always been a valuable player when it comes to points off the bench he will get you points he will find ways to get you points um 
And so that that alone right there is worth something. And again, I think that's something that a lot of people are going to overlook. But my Muscala is worth something. Um, you know, as far as Porzingis goes, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is where he starts to come back a little bit. And and I, I don't remember how many points he had last year, but I want to say it was probably under thirty four. Yeah, yeah, not not much at all. I mean, he just hasn't really been been uh, useful in the league at all on, on any level um yeah i mean it's but the first round pick uh, you know those those are going to go a long way um yeah. so that's a lot to give up honestly but yeah the a first round pick this year and next year so i mean it's i, I feel i feel like if i've got to pick a winner personally i'm going with the celtics because i think chris Tapp's Porzingis could still become effective and at least effective enough like I said, to maybe take a take a role like what Al Horford had this past season, and maybe take that to a next uh, to the next step. Yeah, but Porzingis is going to come off the bench, though, correct? Um, most likely, uh, in the current situation, I think he would. I don't think you put him out there as a starter. I'm not really sure who you take out for him. We'll go through go through that again. They get Porzingis. They get a first round pick this year. Next. Yeah. Uh, so that's all they get, and then the Wizards get Tyus Jones, uh, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Mike Mascala and a 2023 second round pick, so, and then Marcus. Yeah, Mar- and then I mean the Celtics also lose Marcus Smart to to the the Grizzlies, and I'm not really exactly sure how that all ties in. I'm not I'm not a master and how all these trades go down, but uh, you know, so they lose sure. Marcus Smart, uh, which it's, it's all a crap thing, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you got Gallinari, pretty solid. Mike Mascala, great player off the bench. And I think Tyus right? Jones is a, is a good, uh, you know, another another one of those good off the bench kind of players that can really step in and be a really good role player. Yeah, I really see this as a pretty pretty fair trade. Um I think honestly Celtics probably got more if if you're not considering the the draft picks at all because draft picks are unknown right now. You know, you don't really know who you're going to get and how good they're going to be. Uh the NBA, you've seen a lot of players and I've seen a lot of players come out of college um that were really fantastic and came to the NBA and and didn't really do much. Um, Zion so, Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, you, you just never know. I think it's a pretty, pretty fair trade. And I think I'm, I'm okay if I'm either side, honestly. I kind of like this, what the Celtics got more just from the standpoint that you know what you're getting out of Mike Muscala and Jones and Gallinari. You know, you at least know what you're going to get. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm okay saying that it's a pretty neutral trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think overall, I don't think it's that one side is is really favored big time. But I just I, personally, I feel like I'm I'm favoring the Celtics in this trade just because uh, I think Kristaps Porzingis does have something to give. I think he has something to offer. Uh, and then getting two first round picks, you know, for, from uh, this year and next year, you know, one for this year, one for next year. I think that's that's huge. I think that can be really big. Uh, you know, and you're, you're kind of talking about some guys that come out of, uh, you know, whether they come out of college or wherever they come through, uh, going into the into the draft, they're usually held really high regards coming out of college, and then they don't end up doing anything in the NBA. Uh, we saw last night uh, Victor Wembanyama ends up going to the Spurs as we expected. Uh, he's expected to be the next great one, you know, the next great guy to come out, you know, to come out and 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 show how how great he can be. Uh, is is he a player that you see uh, 
living up to the expectations, like maybe uh, the way that maybe LeBron did, or, you know, we can look around at a couple other guys, maybe, you know, I think Jordan lived up to some of his expectations. I think to compare it more, more properly, I think maybe if you look at like a Tim Duncan or something like that down at the Spurs, what they were able to do with him, uh, do you think Wembenyama uh, ends up living up to the expectations or do you think maybe he just ends up becoming a flop? You know, I, I don't even like doing it, to be completely honest. I don't like comparing players that have not done anything in, in that league to players that have. Um, but to say whether or not he's going to flop or not, no, I think, I think he'll do well. Um, I think they'll find a role for him and he'll, he'll succeed. Um, but, you know, like LeBron James, I'm not going to compare him to LeBron James. No, no, no. Maybe I'm not trying to compare him to them, but I'm thinking you know, LeBron did live up to the expectation. I think he exceeded expectations. Uh, and then you know, same same with uh, you know maybe Michael or uh, I think Tim Duncan coming from the Spurs. I think is a better comparison uh, just because of what he was able to do. Or even if you if you take some of the other guys that they've had, uh, you know, Mano Ginobili had quite a bit to say about Wembenyama and, and the fact that they're getting this big guy. And it's the type of guy that the the Spurs and Greg Popovich. Uh, go after, uh, and so sure. I I do think it's exciting. Uh, it's it's exciting to kind of have this this kind of generational talent be brought to the table, uh, you know. Because and the same thing's happening over in the NHL right now, where we haven't seen that guy coming out of a draft in a long time. Uh, really, in, in both leagues, uh, you know, where now in both leagues we're seeing that guy being brought to the draft, uh, and now that guy is is going to the Spurs, which is a really good. Uh, place for him to go to uh, and then we, we see like it's Connor Bedard play. over there in the NHL so it's 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 an exciting time for sure for the young for the young bucks coming into the, into each league yeah definitely and, and like you said that's a great fit for him um Popovich is going to do a good job with him um I'm curious to see what see what they do next year I hope he plays well except against Oklahoma City um other than that you know good luck to him I won't make any comparisons till I see him play yeah yeah I mean I, I I've, I've always had a special place in my heart for the Spurs, for Greg Popovich and everything he's been able to do down there, uh, an all-time great. And so I, I would love for him to have just a really good season before he ends up, you know, because he's, get, he's getting old. Uh, and so I'd, I would love to see him have maybe a couple really good seasons. Uh, and if we could see him win one more title before growing out, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he's just, he's one of those greats that it's, it's hard to, to to root against him, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I hope that he can. Uh, maybe, maybe Victor Wembanyama can be the guy to to help bring the Spurs back to the promised land. But uh, let's jump over. You know, Britton and I are both big golf guys. We both love golf, and getting into the game of golf and playing golf has made it a lot easier to be able to watch the game of golf. Uh, though, yes, I understand why it's it's a boring sport to watch because I used to be in that boat, but now I watch I watch golf. And it's incredibly, uh, you know, fascinating to me now, just because I recognize how difficult it is. Um, but I'm not sure how much of the uh, the Travelers Championship you were able to catch so far this weekend. But it, it's pretty crazy when you look at the stats that all these guys have put up so far. Uh, you look first off. I want to give a shout out. I think USA is back. Uh, you look at the top five guys right now, and they're all from the USA. So huge shout out to to the the country of the USA, the United States of America. Uh, I think I think you the United States should steal that trademark from Ohio State, the United States of America. Um, but I mean, are are you down to sign my petition? I'm I'm down. <laughs> Take it away from him. Um, but I mean, you you look at the the top two guys. 
We'll start off, uh, you know, you've got Keegan Bradley uh, and Denny McCarthy both sitting there at, at 15 under through two rounds. Uh, so, you know, they've, they've played 36 holes. Yeah, 36 holes, and they're 15 under. Uh, I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, McCarthy's birdies right now. I think an, another guy that, that needs to be brought up right now as one of the top guys, um, let's see, right now he's sitting at number fourth, but Eric Cole, he had a really good, uh, you know, couple of rounds. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that, I mean, I, I personally, I don't think I've heard of his name. Uh, that's, that's kind of, I, I mean, I, I paid quite a bit of attention to, to golf. I like to, I like to put in, uh, you know, different wagers on, on each tournament and stuff like that. And, uh, I went on bro throw, bro throw had an amazing, uh, contest I put into, uh, last weekend. And then again, this weekend that, uh, that I'm in and stuff. And, but I, I don't know the name Eric Cole and he had a, a really good, uh, first round, but his second round today was really good. Uh, and he's sitting there in fourth place and just on fire. Uh, you know, he's, he had, a Round two, he had um, let's see, five under in, in this in the second round. So I guess his first round was better, um, but still just an amazing, amazing first two rounds with eleven under. Uh, he had a really cool uh, bunker shot. I think it was on hole sixteen yesterday, uh, and and round one, uh, and you know where he, he had the bunker shot come out uh, right into the cup. Uh, it was a beautiful shot, and just a, a lot of like there was several holes in a row i think he had three or four holes in a row where he was just completely on fire you could tell he was in the zone uh, and so he he was a really fun one to be watching uh and then rory mcelroy with the the ace alert uh i, I made sure to post post that video of, of rory last night on hole eight in round one uh and he he was on fire but the, the ace you know he, he couldn't believe it that was his first ever pga ace i mean for as long as what's that you know what he did with the ball no i didn't he threw it to a fan because he said he trophy. He wants to collect trophies, not balls. <laughs> I like it. Well, and, and what's what's really fun right now too? It seems like ever since this live, uh, this live PGA stuff came out. So last weekend we saw the first of it. Uh, we saw uh, Rory and uh, Ricky both having an outstanding uh, tournament. Both of them played really well, and both of them won a lot of money uh, from that tournament. And I don't want to take anything away from Ricky just because he didn't win, because I think that's ridiculous to sit here and kind of criticize a guy just because he didn't win at all, um, even though he still finished in the in the top top seven, I think top five, top ten again, and and that's what he does. Yeah, that's what he's been doing. Top ten finishes. He just he just can't seem to pull together at the end. Um, and again, like you said, I'm not going to talk bad about him. I, I want him to win so bad. I really which, do. which one are you thinking of, Ricky or, or uh, uh, Ricky. Rory? Ricky. Yeah, I mean, Ricky's he's been one of my favorites since before I was a, a fan of golf. Yeah, I mean, he just, man, he just he loves the top ten finishes, but can't seem to to you know to finish it at the end. Um, yeah, he, just he's, just he's not in the majors. Um, I tell you what, right now I'm I know I think he's only eight under right, as of we as we speak, but. Victor Hovland, I know I'm not typically going to go with the, the USA here, but I really like to see him pull up um, and start playing well, you know, the rest of this weekend here and, and make uh, at least make a run at, at uh, first place. Um, I gained a lot of respect for him. Um, what was it, the tournament right before the Canadian Open? Uh, before the Canadian Open? I can't remember that far back. Um because we just had the U.S. Open, we had the Canadian Open. I'm not sure. I, I know which one you're talking about, but I, 
I can't think of what that was. Victor Allen, they went to the, the, uh, yeah. the uh, playoff round. And, you know, he pretty much knew he was about to have a playoff round. He's over there, you know, on the chipping green or on the on the driving range or whatever, hitting balls. Knowing he's about to go into a playoff, there's some kids over there watching him. And instead of, you know, hitting balls and getting ready after he just shanked one on 18, he decides to let these kids come over and, and you know, hit the ball around with him. And it was just very weird to see. Like, this is – you have a chance to win it all right now. Like, you need to go over there and dial in and and make sure you win. And he did win. Um, and it was, it was just so cool to see the fan interaction with him um, at such a high-pressure moment in his career um, to come away with a win. Um, I believe he was the one that, that uh, hit it on 18 – he took an iron off of eight, 18 and landed over in that water that rolled back up towards the tee box. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was insane. Forever. And, you know, he finally finished out the hole. I think he ended up bogeying it. Um, kind of lost first place. He, he had thought um, and ended up ended up with a playoff. For the, and I can't remember who he had the playoff with. But, yeah, instead of over there practicing, he's over here. He's like, see, two little kids. He's like, come on, come hit balls with me and i mean wow that just blew my mind I'm like, so i gained a lot of respect for victor hovland that weekend and it was so cool to see and then he came out and he and he won um which was awesome yeah so yes yeah, yeah i definitely enjoy that part of sports a lot and that's a part of sports that you know we we see all, all the negative thing negative things that we talk about in sports and so that was one of those moments that was just really wholesome and and great to see uh, the fan interaction there. And, and then, like I said, Rory earlier after hitting a hole one, his first one in the PGA, uh, Tory goes and throws the ball, gives it to a fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a lot of fun too, to see, see that from these guys. Uh, and just the fact that they're on such a high level and they could, they could afford to be such, you know, uh, you know, such sticklers to the, to the crowd and to their fans, but instead they're, they're still very in touch. Uh, and, and recognize where they came from. And I, I love to see that from these guys. And I think a, a lot of them are that way too. Um, but, you know, like kind of looking through here, I mean, uh, we've got uh, like some of the big names right now. We've got Jason Day, uh, Tony Finau, uh, Ricky Fowler, Cam Young. Uh, and let's see who else is sitting there. Wyndham Clark, um, some of the big names here. All those guys. Uh, and there's there's several others, but those are just some of the big names that I'm looking through the, the standings right now. All of them are are at five under, and then you jump up into the uh, you know just above them. Um, I'm trying to see uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas. Weekend? What's that? What score wins this weekend? You think? Man, I don't know. 13. Honestly, I I thought I thought like 13, 15, 13 to fifteen under was going to do it this weekend, but after seeing these guys that are already. Uh, you know, at 15 under, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like upwards of maybe 20, 20, 20 to 23 under. I mean, it's it's going to be insane. Go you're going you're going with what? 13 under. So you think these guys start to drop down rather than climb up? Just a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, man, to, to hold 15 under. Whew. I mean, if it's 20 under or whatever. Yeah, right now we've got Denny McCarthy and and. Uh, uh, Keegan Bradley uh, sitting there tied at, at first with 15 under, uh, and then you've got Reevee uh, uh, down at 13 under, uh, Eric Cole at 11 under, 
Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot of excitement. But then you also look down through the list, and, I mean, you can even jump down, uh, like, uh, we'll look at Victor Hovland, like like you brought up a moment ago, and he's tied for 10th, um, but he's down, he's just eight under. So, I mean, he's not that far behind when you really think about it. Uh, and so, I mean, just some really good uh, Rory McIlroy right there with him. Uh, so, I mean, and, and then even Xander Schaffel, uh we talked about him a lot last week uh, in the U.S. Open, and he's he's sitting right there at eight under as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are still in it. You know, there's still a lot of golf to be played. So, what's today? Friday. They've still got Saturday and Sunday left. So, I mean, they could have two really good rounds, uh, and, and they could even just have another another uh, decent round. This If you can just stay the same, the good thing about it is that the guys that are shooting 15 under, like, like uh, Keegan Bradley is doing right now, they could have a bad round that ends up bumping them down, you know, and you never know what could happen in the game of golf. Uh, and so if you have just another good round where you go another five under again uh, and, and put yourself up, uh, you know, that, that could that could bump you up and then they could have a bad round, maybe bump them down a little bit. So it's it's a yeah, lot of fun. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I've never liked watching golf, but I never, I never played golf either. Yeah. So as soon as I started playing golf and really getting into golf, I will sit down and watch golf all day long. Yeah, that's and that's I my favorite thing know. to do on Sundays. You know, whenever the, these big tournaments are going on. I, I Saturdays at the golf course. I golf usually on Saturdays and Sundays. We get done golfing. We golf in the mornings. We go straight in the clubhouse, watch golf, uh, maybe have a little drink or two, and usually head home, fire up the grill, and watch more golf. And man, I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm curious to see. I mean, fifteen under is it is outstanding for right now and I, it's still going on currently right there's still yeah yeah there's there's still a little bit going on a lot of the guys most of the guys up in the top have already finished i'm looking through i think most of them uh it looks like we've got kim and tway still going right now uh trying to see who else might be going blom but yeah most pretty much all of the guys up at the top right now are finished for the day but uh, going to go out again tomorrow, but I mean, let's let's bring up Denny McCarthy real quick because what an outstanding round for him. He was inches away from shooting a 59 yesterday, and ended up, you know, he he was really close on his approach shot, almost went in the hole, uh, and then ends up tapping it in for to to end end the day on 60. Ends the round with with a 60. Uh, it was his career long. I'm not sure if that breaks any records or not. I didn't see, but I mean, that's, that's outstanding to shoot a 60. And like I said, just inches away from a 59. Uh, I mean, people who don't play golf don't understand how difficult that is. It's hard for me to shoot under 95. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's a difficult day for me. So, uh, for these guys coming out here and shooting, you know, half of what, uh, what I would shoot on this course, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Not to compare myself to these guys, but I did have an eagle putt on uh, about a six or seven foot eagle putt on Wednesday. And oh, I yeah. missed it. Yeah. Still birdied the hole, but would have been my first eagle this year and had a really good look at it and it lipped out, sat, you know, a couple inches from the hole and I sat there and looked at it for a minute. Yeah, I I don't know if I if I should give a shout out to to the good good guys, but I I like good good. You know, you you and I we kind of got a lot of inspiration from them, uh, just just getting started. Uh, I think they were kind of like, man, if these guys can do it, like let's let's do it. And so uh, I'll still give them a shout out anyways. I mean, I think they they're light years ahead of us anyways. But you know, if if you got time, go check out their 
they're uh, they're round with Ricky Fowler. I think watching Ricky Fowler, you know, like I said, he was he was my favorite golfer before I ever even got into golf. I just liked watching his highlights. I just thought, like, man, this guy is crazy. He just likes to go for, you know, it's it's the improbable shots that he's able to make. Uh, and he was so hot when he first came to the scene. He has a he's lot of wins, just no major wins. He's my problem in golf. Is I see Ricky Fowler out here going for the green. You know, he's 240 yards out. He's like. I'm, I'm going for it. And I'm, yeah. and I'm like, you know what? I'm stuck right behind this tree. I've never done this shot before, but I'm going for it. I think I can do it. And I hit the tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Who do you have right now? Who do you have? So you said you, you're picking 13. I think I'm going to stick with, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with an 21 under, uh, is what I'm going to say wins it this weekend. So we'll, we'll see who ends up getting closer, but who do you think is going to end up pulling out the win, uh, this weekend? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, right now, obviously McCarthy and and uh, Bradley are fifteen under. Um, the next guy's Revy at thirteen under currently, right? Yeah, I think so. He's thirteen under. I mean, he's still in it. Cole's still in it. A lot of these guys are still in really, it. Really, right? I think everybody that's in the top twenty-five is really still in it. You know, and I guess there's some guys that are tied for thirty-three right now uh, that they they're still in it. Really. Uh, especially if if you're if you're if you're right about uh, 13 under being the winner th- this weekend, the, the guys that are tied for 33 right now at six under, they still have a shot. Uh, honestly, you could probably even go down uh, a step below that and say that the guys five under are are, are within reach. Um, but realistically, I think the guys that are you know tied for 10 right now at eight under, uh, I think they they're all still in it too. Which there's a lot a lot of guys left in it. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick somebody right now, I'd probably say Bradley. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'm 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 kind of sticking with Eric Cole right now, just because he shocked me so much. I was watching uh, what he was doing yesterday, and and it really shocked me. And then uh, for him to come out again today and and uh, have a five under in, in his round and and two rounds, you know, 36 holes uh, and 11 under. I think he he's been the most consistently hot. Uh, that I don't know. I think there's something about him. I think I'm picking Eric Cole right now, uh, even though that wasn't my pick in the beginning. Uh, I'm, I was still putting my money on, uh, you know, I, I, I keep on putting my money on, on Ricky Fowler. I just want to see him win a major so bad. Uh, and then I also think uh, one of these times Rory has to be, has to win another one. You know, Rory, Rory has to win one. Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, those are the two guys that I think I, I still root for him just because, you know, not only that, but I think also just to see, to see the the uh, disappointment uh, that they would have had with the whole situation that went on with the live and PGA stuff, you know, and how I just felt like that was really dirty, uh, you know, what happened to them for for all that. But uh, real quick before we hop off, though, you down to play a little bit of a game? Sure. Totally un, uh, unrelated to sports, but it was something that I thought was kind of fun. Uh, it was a, it was a video, it was a short video that that popped up. I think somebody might have sent it to me, uh, so hopefully you haven't seen it already. Um, but it was a, a video going around, and it's nicknames for coworkers. So I want I'm gonna name off the nickname, uh, and you have to kind of guess what that nickname means for for the coworkers. And what's funny about this, it was cracking me up because I could think of specific people in my head uh, as I was going down through them. But have you have you already seen this video? No. Okay. So we've got the first one is Kit Kat. What what would that stand for? You know, like what would what would be the meaning for calling somebody? You know, their nickname is Kit Kat. I would assume that they're fat. 
<laughs> I like that too. I mean, that that was kind of my guess at first. You know, like uh, they they eat a lot of sweets or something. Um, but if you think of like their 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 ad, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. They're always on a break. Gotcha. <laughs> that one was fun. Uh, another fun one was Motion Light. So their nickname is Motion Light. <laughs> I felt like this one was kind of easier. What's Somebody that? Somebody that's constantly having to tell to do stuff? Uh, pretty close. Yeah, like motion light. So uh, it's somebody who only works when someone's when someone's nearby. So someone's walking by, you know, yeah. causing the motion light to go off. Uh, the other one was seaweed. Somebody always showing up drunk. <laughs> <laughs> somebody always showing up high. That, I like that too. I, I guess you could, you could call them that. Um, this is somebody who floats around all day and stinks like crap. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I like that one. Uh, another one was E.T. I'll kind of give you a little hint. E.T. E.T. It always interrupts. No. E.T. Think of like E.T., the character E.T. What is he trying to do? Go home. Somebody yeah. Always, Some, somebody who's always wanting to go home. E.T. I think the funniest thing about thinking of all these is like I can picture somebody yeah. who I'm given given each of these nicknames, uh, like with several jobs that I've I've been a part of. Um, the last one, it, it, this one kind of this one kind of made me crack up a lot. Uh, hopefully we don't get too much flack from from YouTube for saying this one, but it's G Spot. It's always wet. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> somebody who's always sweaty. No, that's not it. Oh. Somebody that's hard to find? Yes. You can never find them. Oh, that one was probably my favorite one. But. It said G-Spot on the podcast. Yeah. So, you Which, know, you... What do you think? Oh, we like to keep things spicy. I uh, like, to, like to mix things up every once in a while, but... No, that's pretty much all we got for today, guys. Uh, we, we appreciate everybody for watching, for listening. Uh, if, if you're watching if you're, uh, on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button to help us grow. Uh, you can always share this episode on social media. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Find us on there. Just search for Rising to the Occasion. You should be able to find us. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star review. That is the greatest way to help us grow and and kind of show some of our success, uh, especially whenever things like we're working with some of these sponsors and stuff like that. They want to look at the numbers. So whenever you hit that subscribe button, whenever you hit that like button, whenever you uh, go over and, and give us some sort of review on apple podcast and give us a good review that five star that helps us out a lot and leverage with some of these pod with, with some of these sponsors and stuff like that to try to keep on growing so uh go ahead and show us some support guys it all, only takes a button you know just tap one button real quick and it helps us more than what you know uh, so go ahead and help us out with that. Um, but we do thank everybody so much for all of your love, for your support. We've been able to do a lot because of you guys showing up and, and doing some some great things for us. And so we're trying to give it back to you guys and give you guys the greatest content we can. Um, but that's pretty much all we have. And we thank you so much. And until next time. <laughs>